Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Hi, this is Ben Mackay from the North Melbourne Footy Club and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Here is your host, Dean. Thank you, Ben Mackay. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So we're back today with the Monday regulars in Jesse and Frank once again. No Mark, hello tonight. Uh, he was busy, but um, we'll talk more about the game and individual performances today with uh, those two in particular. A lot to discuss, so let's not waste time and bring on the lads right now. All right, so Jesse and Frank, welcome back once again, you two. Jesse, I know you've had a very busy day getting the banner ready for Daniel Howe's 100th game this week. Um, we'll start with you, Jesse. How did you see the game on Friday? Was it just too too much to overcome with not having Griffin Logue and even Ben Mackay in the team against the two-pronged attack of Charlie Kerno and Harry Mackay, who combined for 10 goals and effectively were the, uh, were the match winners in the, and the difference in the game? Yeah, spot on. Look, overall, I thought we played well for most of the game. Um, there was that particular patch, you know, in the third quarter going into the fourth quarter, um, which really, really let us down. Um, but look, I thought it was an impressive effort uh, considering that we had minimal defenders available for the game against the two former Coleman medalists. So, you know, we had undersized defenders who, who panicked uh, at times. And, and, and I thought that resulted in a few of the free kicks that we gave away. Um, but ultimately, I look. I, I was relatively impressed. Um, they're a good team, Carlton. They're going to be hard to beat. They're going to be thereabouts. And I, the thing that I was most impressed about was if that had been us last year when they got it out to 45-odd points, they would have just blown us away. There was a point I was sitting there and I go, well, this is another Good Friday game where we're going to get smacked. And the fact that we were able to drag it back to a 23-point loss or so um, – I thought that was really impressive, and it showed a lot of growth. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to avoid the word hundred percent because I've been copping a bit of flack about that. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, you probably would have to think because with ten seconds, if an extra ten seconds, Darcy Tucker was hitting Jaden Stevenson uh, by himself in the forward pocket, would have got back to seventeen points. And you never know, with five minutes to go, they might have really panicked and might have really made a game of because we were running all over. All over them. Uh, what about you, Frank? Are you happy we fought it out until the end and not let it get to a blowout stage? Because it is an important game for us, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, Dean. I thought, look, the game plan pretty much held up. Uh, I just don't think we had the right personnel to, to implement the exact game plan. And like Jesse touched on, when uh, I think when we ran out there for the start of the game and I saw Jack Zubel go on to Mackay, uh, and I think uh, Core picked up uh, DeConning. Uh, and Bonner was on Kerno. you kind of went, well, look, I'm not a gambling man, Dean, but I know I'd be backing in that race, and that's probably, you know, probably turned out that way. Yeah, I thought our tactics were spot on in the first half. It was very much a zone defence. There was no real player on a certain individual forward. I mean, you've seen in the cross matchups, you know, Zeeb was on Mackay, then he was on Kerno in the next contest. We really slowed him down uh, in that first half in particular, and it forced him to go 
very wide, very, very slow. It was different, like a lot of uncontested marks, but it was different to Hawthorne, who were always looking to uh, create and, you know, trying to, you know, um, go through the corridor a bit more, whereas Carlton were very slow and methodical and, yeah, really played in our hands. And we were able to be in front by two points at half time. But, um, Jesse, once the game opened up in the second half, particularly the third quarter, we really struggled. And uh, the zone defence uh, pretty much uh, got broken, uh, broke open with uh, you know, uh, Charlie Kerno and uh, Harry, Harry Mackay having uh, different matchups at different stages of Luke McDonald, even Todd Goldstein at one stage. So that was probably the, the, the big difference when uh, Carlton started moving the ball and uh, in, yeah, in the third quarter in particular. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, I, look, I think it's spot on. Our defence in the first half, uh, was really, really good. And I think part of that was our midfield was really on in the first half in particular. And I think that was putting a lot of pressure on Carlton's transition. So when they were getting the ball into their 50, it was coming in very chaotic and it gave our defenders the best chance of, of actually being able to defend. Uh, in the second half, they were a lot cleaner. They put they got their matchups a little bit better in terms of putting some more time into LDU. They were able to move the ball better, and then that meant that our defence couldn't zone off. It, it it just became one-on-one, which was always going to be really, really hard given the matchups. Um, yeah, there were some interesting matchups on the day. Uh, I think my man, Daniel Howe, may have uh, been one-on-one with Kerner at one point, and all I could do was laugh. Uh, mm. I, even I felt sorry for him at that stage. Um, I... Yeah, there was nothing we could really do Um, with the ball coming down there as quickly as it was. I'm surprised they only uh, only combined the 10 goals. It could have been a lot worse. So I think the positives is the fact that they got 10 goals out of their two key forwards and we were missing our two key defenders. Sure, Carlton was missing a few midfielders. I'll I'll pay that. But we won in a lot of different areas on the day. So, I mean, we've got to take that, that, be confident about that and, and, and move on from that, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, Frank, did, I mean, 11 goals, 18, we had uh, more scoring shots than them. That that hurt too, didn't it? I mean, we really need, it was a game we really needed to take our chances. I mean, a lot of them were rushed, but um, like on the goal line and so forth. But yeah, it was sort of a game like uh, if we kick, uh, you know, 17 goals, 12 or, or, or something like that, um, we're right in the contest, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely, Dean. I will say that it probably sort of reflected a bit of what, pressure that we were under. Uh, Larky and Comden uh, weren't taking marks inside 50, uh, whereas obviously Kurnow and Mackay took a number. I think Mackay took 16 marks or something all up. Uh, and so a lot of theirs were set shots. A lot of ours were snaps around the corner or from tough angles. Um, so I think that's probably what led to a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, again, 29 scoring shots at goal. Uh, you know, I'd like to have that every week. Well, 100%. Um, I've said it again, but um, yeah, look at the, at the end of the day, more often than not, you're going to probably you know kick you know 16 goals, 13 or something like that, 29 scoring shots. It's uh, not something we've been able to get for the last couple of years anyway, uh, pretty much. So except for the odd game, um, it's been about a year and a half since we scored 100 points in a game. So we're still waiting for that, but we'll see what happens. Now we need to talk about the umpiring, and I'm not here saying they cost us a game, <clears throat> but it didn't help, and they had too much influence on the game. And what struck me was was not the ones they gave, but the ones they didn't give either. Zerha had his head ripped off and couldn't get a free kick, and even on the wing, Howe got his head taken off and called to play on. Uh, the inconsistency was astounding to me, and it felt like a royal screw job. What did you make of it, Jesse? 
Yeah, look, I think you, you 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 really said it there in terms of it wasn't necessarily the free kicks they gave, it was the ones that they didn't give. And look, I I I was pretty annoyed sitting there um, post the game uh, and thinking about it. I don't think it cost us the game. I think the margin, with all things considered, was pretty reflective of what I thought I saw out there. Um, but geez, it was frustrating. The Zerha one in particular, the Cunnington one, those two were probably the two most frustrating free kicks that I've seen or non-free kicks that I've seen in a game of football in a very long time. Um, oh, God, yeah. The, look, look, as I said, some of the ones that we did give away, uh, a lot of the free kicks they get, they got, because I think the free kick count ended up not being too dissimilar, but a lot of the free kicks that they got were ones right in front of goal that gave them goals, while we had ones in who were missed in front of their goals. So they were in an area of the ground where it had maximum impact. Um, some of them I thought were there on, on review and watching it again, because as I said, I think some our, our defenders panicked. Um, but there was a lot of a lot of free kicks there. There's the Stephenson one. I've, I, I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a tape measure out there, but I've counted steps and I'm pretty confident that wasn't 15 meters. So. Um, yeah, it, it was a rough day for the umpires. I didn't actually think they had a great round. I think, I think someone um, made the point at some time during the round on TV that they think that the four umpires aren't getting it right at the moment. I think it might have been on um, on Triple M the next day. I was listening to it and they were referring to our game and they said the main thing they've got is that the four umpires sometimes appear to be waiting for someone else to give the free kick. Um, or and they don't. So it might just be a thing with the umpires because while I've seen a couple of games this round that I thought oh, that was real, done really well, it, more than not, I, I'm, a, I'm watching a lot of games getting pretty frustrated. That's a good point. Uh, Frank, do you think there's too many umpires at the moment? The four, I think three was okay because you had one taking the centre and the other two taking forward 50s pretty much, and now you've got four uh, spread out. Uh, are they sort of... Uh, not communicating enough um, and maybe too scared to communicate, thinking the other bloke's going to do it and, uh, in the end, either making uh, wrong calls or not making calls at all. Uh, what do you think, Frank? Well, I hadn't really thought about it, Dean, to be honest, mm-hmm. until Jesse sort of mentioned it then. Look, um, as far as the umpiring went on the night, yeah, it was frustrating, but I guarantee it, it'll swing our way somewhere down the track and we'll be accused of being gifted a game. So, yeah, obviously frustrating, Um but uh, I'm not going to sort of stress on it too much. Uh, but saying that, again, with the four umpires, the one thing that I have really noticed over the last few years is the inability for a goal umpire to make what seems to be an obvious decision, mm. um, almost like that uh, he knows that there's somebody else that can verify it. So he, he goes to, you know, to ARC with, with some of them that just seem so blatantly obvious. So I wonder whether... There's a bit of truth in that, and what yourself and Jesse are saying that with four umpires, there's a bit of they're a bit gun shy to make a call in case it gets overruled. No, yeah, no. Well, there might be just a like uh, Jesse said, a bit of an adjustment period, and might uh, take a few weeks for him to get, you know uh, get back to how. Well, I don't think it's ever been great, but uh, to get back to a bit more consistency, and that's all we're asking for. And I'm certainly hoping you're right that uh, we, we get on the end of. Uh, you know, some good, um, some decisions because 
I know, I know there's a lot of talk about the Fremantle game uh, a couple of weeks ago that uh, we were lucky with Daniel Howe like, kicking out, uh, deliberate out of bounds. But uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they, I think Fremantle got uh, um, the right end of the stick in that night too. So, anyways, we don't want to go on about the umpires. We want to talk about the positives and talk about some good performers on the night. Uh, LDU continues his great form, and it was good to have him back this week. Thirty touches, only three clearances for the game. Had was uh, had twenty eight center center bounce attendances. Uh, got a lot of the ball in defensive half as well, but was still very good. Uh, Harry Sheasel just a lazy thirty seven touches, including fifteen in the last quarter. Those two players, we almost. Uh, just expect it now, which is crazy for a four-game play. I mean, did Harry have his own football in the last quarter, Frank? Uh, I thought it was uh, amazing that they thought uh, we've got to bring a fourth gamer into the middle to to uh, see if we can change our fortunes, and it it, it literally did. So, um, look, I, I mean, I watched him pretty closely in that last quarter, thinking, you know, is he just sort of running past? Uh, you know, and getting the handball received. But he worked back into defence, made a couple of really important spoils. He just seems to have a hunger for the footy that um, you, you very rarely seen in a four-gamer. No, it's crazy uh, at the moment and very much uh, a Nick Dacos type. And, yeah, I do feel very confident when he's got the ball in his hands in that defensive 50. It's going to be interesting, uh, Jesse, to see how he progresses um, throughout the course of the next couple of years. I see him as potentially going into midfield in the next year or two. Do you see that as well? Yeah, look, uh, in terms of the uh, the comment about Izzy, you know, just getting to the, the spots to get, the, you know, the easy handball. I mean, there is an aspect of that, but that's what the, the role of a running halfback lends to. It's you need to know where to go to get the ball. Um, to be able to then position it down the ground. And as you said, I'm very confident with the ball in his hand. He is an absolutely fantastic decision maker. He, he, his footy IQ is is very, very good for someone of, of four games. Um, yeah, in terms of where he's going to go, look, as I said, I, I, I always saw him as a Toby Green type in terms of he was an extremely dangerous forward. forward. Um and we haven't really seen that of him yet. I, I know he had a couple shots on goal from long range on the run on the weekend. It would have been nice to have seen him get one. Um, but he's very, very dangerous in front of goal. So I think we will at some stage see a bit of that. Uh, in terms of midfield, look, I think definitely he will get into that midfield mix. He may play a, a little bit of time in there this year, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how long they decide to keep him um, playing in that role that he is at the moment. Um, I had a, I had some Carlton supporter sitting in front of me because, uh, you know, apparently people thought it was a good idea to bring them into the Premiership Club. But um, And it, he, he was calling him a, uh, a an accumulator type uh, and, and maybe making some je- suggestions about the impact of his game. But if you look at other, you know, all of the other stats in his round, as you said, he's got back, he's got spoils, he's got... Um, he make he takes good marks. He makes good decisions with it. His meters gain are great, so he's not just chipping the ball. Um, he's actually running with it and distributing it long. So, yeah, I wish we had three of him um, to play on each line. That would be great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's pretty handy. He's, he's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's not much else we can say about him. He just, just seems to get better each week. Um, and he's, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that he's four, only 18 years old and four games into a career. And he would have to be a heavy favourite at this stage to win a Norwich Rising Star. I was thinking, who knows? He, to be honest with you, Frank, I, he could be leading our best and fairest at this stage. 
well, I mean, uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be there'd be a strong argument, wouldn't there, uh, just on what he's done so far. So, uh, you know, congratulations to the kid. He's, he's hit the ground running uh, and he's uh, continued to improve. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's right up there with, uh, with LDU uh, after four rounds for sure. Well, LDU's missed the game as well, so it might put him, <laughs> might even yeah. put him uh, well in front. So I'm not mm. too sure, but uh, yeah, we'll worry about that uh, probably later in the year. Jesse, I thought Zerha could have been a match winner if he kicked straight. 17 touches, mm. three goals, four with one out on a full as well. Eight centre bounce attendances with a couple of clearances. Uh, I think having the balance of midfield and forward half is making him into a top line player. What do you think? Spot on, spot on. I was dubious about the midfield move um, going into the season. And I think one of the things the last few weeks is while he's been really, really good in the midfield, um, and I think I saw a stat that when he plays midfield, um, we win the centre bounce something like 80% of the time or something when he's in there. So I, I don't know if they've had the mix right. Um, in terms of sometimes I think he's played a little bit too much in the midfield. I think they had it spot on on the weekend. You want to see him in there maybe eight to nine bounces for the entire game. Um, and then the rest of the time you want him forward. He was our most dangerous forward by a, a long way. Uh, he could have had an absolute bag. You are right. He Had he kicked straight, um, he, he, would have, he would have been the top goal scorer on the ground. He was... He was fantastic. He, he he has gone to another level that I didn't necessarily think that he could get to. And I think some of that is that because he's playing, you know, more in the midfield, it's meaning that he is more engaged in the play for longer. And he's able to have an impact in, you know, various spots, whether or not scoring, pressure on the footy, uh, winning the ball. Um, you know, he... He's re he's showing, you know, I always saw him a little bit more of a Jake Stringer type, which is will play midfield, uh, will play forward a lot, very dangerous up forward, but can go into the midfield for a couple centre bounces. Maybe he's got a bit more of a Dugowie side to him in terms of, yep, can still play forward, but if you really wanted him or if you needed someone else in the midfield because the midfield mix wasn't working, he could go in. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of upside. Uh, he's been great this year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's yeah, been fantastic. Generally, he starts the season off quite slow as well, the last couple of years, whereas if he's hit the ground running, which is really uh, important uh, for his career development. And like you said, there's a bit of a Jordan Dugowie, uh type in him. And yeah, yeah I think uh, when he's in there, it's definitely uh, he's very a very imposing figure. And I think uh, a lot of uh, other midfielders and even the Ruckman would notice that uh, he's there in the midfield because he's going to throw his weight around as well. And uh We'll move forward. Uh, Jaden Stevenson, Frank, a player that has come under come in for some scrutiny, I guess, and even I've questioned him and what his best spot is on a ground. His defensive chases have, have been really good this year. I have noticed that. He, he took his chances on the weekend as well, kicked three goals straight. Where do you think long-term his best position could be? Do you just see him as a forward 50 player or do you think he could even push up to the wing and go forward for spells as well? Oh, Dan, I think he, he plays that natural sort of high half forward uh, really well. And, I mean, if you're, if you're going to play like, I guess with a half forward, you've got to hurt the opposition uh, when you do get the ball. And he's been able to do that recently, which he probably wasn't doing so much. I think there might even be some chance 
um, that, you know, for a mix-up that he, he plays as a deep forward, sort of one-on-one. But I think he's really sort of taken to that high half forward, sort of getting back and helping out, but then running forward. Um, so oh, I think that uh, that's his natural spot is sort of as a as a, a high half forward. Jesse, do you think there's any possibility they could even uh, put him back in the back line again? I don't think so personally. I don't think that's his best position. But he does use the ball generally pretty well. Um, yeah, I guess uh, my question is, yeah, is there a possibility he could go in the back line? Again. Yeah, yeah. Look, I didn't mind him down back last year, uh, which I've mentioned a couple of times. That I didn't think he was where he was going to end up, but it forces him to be part of the play, um, which is the obviously the knock, the biggest knock on him that he can drift out of games. Um, yeah, look, I don't think so purely because I think that that roll down back now we have you know a few people who can go into it you know Aaron Hall can't even get a game and he's been racking it up in the seconds so I I think he's going to play that high half forward role um I I would like to get him see him get a few stints on the wing um you know he 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 when he's had some games for us where he's racked up the footy and been really effective I mean the one against West Coast a couple years ago I think he had like 35 and kicked a few goals and he was huge. So we know the talent he's got. So I think once we get his confidence level up uh, to a certain, you know, certain standard um, and he's playing a little bit more consistent, then you can play around with him potentially moving up the ground, trying a few different spots. But I think at the moment, his best role is applying pressure inside that forward 50 and playing as a forward. And if you can, get two to three goals out of him every week, then that's fantastic. Uh, Frank, what do you think? Uh, we haven't really tried him. Now, his best fo- uh, year of football has been his first year of football uh, where he kicked, uh, well, I think it was 50 goals or close to it, uh, playing as isolated in the goal square as a full forward for Collingwood. How come no, no one, ever since that first year, or probably uh, even the first year and a half, they haven't really tried that again with him. Are you a bit surprised we don't even try that? We haven't tried that uh, since he's come to the club that we try and leave him one on one in the goal square because he is very crafty there. Yeah, absolutely, Dean. Yeah, as I said, I, I can see him uh, on certain matchups against certain defenses, them isolating him in deep uh, forward because, as you said, he is very crafty and he's dangerous. Um, maybe it's been, you know, under maybe Noble had a different. Um, uh, opinion on on what his role should be, and then he ended up at half back. And let's be honest, if you were playing as a half forward last year in the North Forward line, it was a bit of a graveyard. Uh, maybe with with Clarkson, he he might look to exploit that um, against certain defences. But yeah, I think he would be able to do that role really well. We certainly are looking for that, um, you know, third forward at the moment uh, that can uh, contribute with goals. Uh, it, look, it was very handy to kick three goals last week. We're hoping he can get some consistency and give us those two or three goals a week, uh, each week, I guess. And, uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Jesse, what about Will Phillips? Uh, Ten centre bounce attendances down from 17 last week. Uh, five clearances, four tackles, 17 possessions. Kicked a nice goal at the end of the second quarter as well. Also, uh, where do you think his best position could be? Could be. I mean, we've got Simkin, LDU, Cunnington, Powell, Wardlaw soon. You'd have to think, and maybe even Sheasel in the future going through that midfield. I think he could be a half forward that has spells through the middle, or could he be a winger? Maybe. What are your thoughts on his best position? 
Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. Uh, he, we know what his talents are, and I think it's going to, we've got to give him some time of just playing consistent football. He didn't play consistent football in his first year. He was mostly the sub. You know, in his second year, he was injured while he was sick for the entire year. So I think we need to give him a bit of time. I think he's been serviceable in the games that he's played this year, where he's played the entire game. Um, he's had some good glimpses. Uh, you know, there's been some... He's had a couple kicks that have been really good passes, lacing out the forwards. Uh, he kicked the goal that was really nice. Um, he He's genuinely clean with it. Um and I think we're just going to remember that, you know, players like Simpkin, LDU, even Cunners, you know, they took a, they all took a while to get going. And I think we've just got to give him a bit of time. I think he's best natural position and he's – I think he's the type of player who's a genuine midfielder. Um, he, I think he has an ability that you could play him, uh, you know, high half forward. Uh, he, he is a good kick. So I think he could score a few more goals. Uh, he would. I, I, I definitely think he could play on a wing. Um, wingers generally need to have a certain level of uh, cardio fitness and because obviously they're, they're transitioning so much and maybe he's not at that stage yet. But look, there's definitely a few things that you could do with him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as saying he's limited to being 100% purely a midfielder. Um, but I'm still pretty excited to see what he looks like even at the end of this year, um, I think it will be a big fit year for both he, him and Powell's development. Yeah, I mean, Frank, Jesse makes a good point there. It's just about getting continuity into him this year and getting 18 games into him. I mean, I, there's always an expectation with a top five pick that he's that he's got to be a star and so forth. But, uh, look, I, I don't mind, you know, a player playing 200 games and, you know, being just a role player for, for a team as well. Like, they don't all have to be superstars. Uh, Frank, I, I mean, I guess, what do you think, what do you think of him, uh, of Will Phillips just getting uh, games into him this year. That's the most important thing. Oh, absolutely, Dean. Yeah, I, can, I mean, you, you have a look at uh, Clayton Oliver and, and Petrarca through their development. They had uh, years of that they looked like they had stagnated and stuff like that. Kids missed a year. Um, yeah, I've got no problem getting games in him. I think he's contributing enough out there at the moment. Um, and I think with every game that he plays, he'll, he'll you know, it will help him develop his uh, aerobic capacity. And, um, yeah, I think the game will start to open up for him, um, you know, after another, you know, maybe 20 games. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're certainly hoping anyway. Uh, Darcy Tucker had a very good debut, uh, Jesse. Do you think halfback is his role? Good user of the ball and can play on those small to medium forwards. forwards. Uh, do you see that role for him? Yeah, look, I, I think he's got uh, the ability to play as either a winger or a, or a halfbacker. He, I was actually surprised. I, I, I wasn't expecting him to have as much impact as, as he did. I, th- I thought he was really good. Uh, he, he's a good runner. Um, I don't know what his ceiling is. Uh, some of that is, you know, he had one really good year at Fremantle. The rest of his years were hereabouts, thereabouts. Um, so I, I'm not sure what his ceiling is, but look, I thought he played a really good first game and I'm excited to see what we can get out of him because um, he, he really was, you know, almost the, the steak knives to the load trade. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Um, I thought his ability to transition the ball was really good. Yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, definitely. Um, Frank, 
Now, Dennis Cometti was once quoted, Darcy Tucker, about, well, this is about six, seven years ago, that he's got the best skills in Western Australia. Did you know that he said that? Oh, no, I didn't, Dean. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I see him as a little bit of a Brent Guerra type, you know, that uh, small little halfback mm-hmm. flanker. Mm-hmm. Do you see any other role for him? Um, like maybe going into the midfield? I don't think he will because there's just too much uh, talent and depth there. Or do you see him as that halfback flanker that um, we, we trust and rely on that uh, can use the ball quite well and hit up targets? Uh, yeah, I, I'm probably with you there, Dean. I think that the depth of the midfield, I, I can certainly see him attending uh, some centre bounces and stuff like that. I think he's physically um, uh, he's physically a bit stronger than what I pictured him. Um, but, yeah, look, you'd like to think that as the our midfield develops now, he's, yeah, sort of halfback. Uh, on the wing um, and and sort of plays that role. So it might be tough for him to find his way into the midfield. Definitely. Jesse, what did you make of the sub? A little bit of talk about that. I th- but I thought it was a good sub. Uh, halfway through the, uh, the third quarter and Cunnington was struggling a little. Ten touches at minus 10 metres gained. Had 20, 12 centre-bounce attendances for no clearances for the games. I mean, sometimes you just have bad games. That's part of uh, being an AFL footballer. I thought it was a rock, right call. What did you think? Yeah, look, I didn't have any issues with subbing Cunners at all. I, I don't, you know, I think any player can be having a down game and be subbed out. I don't have any problem with their being, with that decision. With having Greenwood as the sub, it, it, it worked in that situation. I, I didn't necessarily – I understand why they did it because he can play a few different positions. I, I tend to like having people who are probably more runners as, as mine um, just because I think you get a little bit more impact of them bringing them on as the sub. So I think there's some questions for me on whether or not I think Greenwood should have been the sub. Um, but I don't have any issues at all with – uh, subbing Cunnington, he he was not having a good game. Uh, he had had no clearances. He was he he was messy. His disposal wasn't great. Um, he just wasn't having a good day. And you know, a, a, every player is going to go through that at some stage. So no, look, I know a lot of people made made you know some points out of it, but that's just what happens. It's just the nature of the game. And I, I'm glad we've got a coach who's, who's prepared to do that because I don't think we have for the last few years. So no, no problems from me at all. Uh, you sort of said uh, everyone has bad games except for Harry Cheesel, I think. So he's uh, <laughs> pretty much doesn't. Uh, yeah, in saying that, Hugh Greenwood, uh, 11 touches in just over a quarter, four tackles, five score involvements, 11 centre bounce attendances with four clearances, which was a team high. Uh, Frank, he's making a claim to be back in a starting 22. He's a bit stiff to be dropped. Um, I think he might come back in this week. Uh, how do you see it? Well, he's done nothing wrong, has he, Dean? Uh, I mean, I, I did sort of note that uh, Clarkson said that uh, – Ben Cunnington's a clearance beast and that's why he's there. And I mean, I think I've always thought that a little bit about Cunnington lately, uh, uh, ever since his illness, that if he's really not winning that contested footy, he struggles a bit with the pace of, of the game, particularly on the spread and stuff. Um, Greenwood did, did nothing wrong. He really sort of came in there. And I think, I don't know that I'd say that he brought about the change in momentum but he certainly did a lot right. And I think he, like you, I think he probably deserves his chance to start. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit strange because I thought he was having a, you know, like I thought he was going okay. Obviously, uh, 
about uh, was it halfway through the third quarter? He obviously got subbed out against Hawthorne and got dropped and was a sub this week. So yeah, no, look, I think he'll be there and thereabouts. And I think he is a fringe player at this part, you know, part of his career. We do want to continue to get games in, like we've talked about, into Will Phillips and Tom Powell. We want to see what they've got. Um, whereas Hugh Greenwood, you know, um, we did find another role for him this year, playing as a, you know, as an extra mid, almost a high half forward as well. So it'll be interesting. Um, what selection happens this week? Uh, Nick Larkey, he had a bit of a sore hip and we'll have a light week on a track from what I hear uh, to hopefully make a game against Brisbane this week. He was hampered, wasn't he, Jesse? He seemed very proppy through the game. Oh, yeah, look, oh, I, he he didn't have a great game, um, but as you said, he had the injury uh, you know, early on in the game which hampered him and he was really, really you know, brave to, to fight that out and actually play at the game. Um, apparently he was, you know, really sore all throughout. So well done, well done for him. Um, not worried about him at all. Obviously, he had a really good start to the year. Um, I'm, you know, imagining he'll he'll bounce back this week. Uh, yeah, not really any worries about Lucky at all. I've been really happy with how he's been going about it. And um, you know, the Carlton defense is a quality defense. You know, Jacob Wiedering is a great player. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I was a bit disappointed that we didn't go after Young uh, when the dogs got rid of him. Um, you know, I, I always thought that he had a pretty good ceiling, and it was someone that we should have looked at. So, uh, look, they had a good defense. Um, Larky obviously didn't have a great game, but you know, he had a good start to the year. So you're not going to be too worried, are you? No, look, that's right. I mean, he was, uh, yeah, uh, he, he struggled. Look, there's no doubt about that. And you're playing, like you said, you're playing against one of the best uh, key defenders in the game. Uh, you don't want to be half fit, and uh, that's what it was. Do you think in saying that, Frank, that well, maybe we should have just subbed him out um, halfway through the third and put Cunnington full forward and gone a bit smaller? It, it, it could have, Dean, yeah. It wouldn't have been... Um... You know, crazy. The one thing I will, I would say though, again on that Cunnington Greenwood thing is, I don't think you can play both of them. They're they're very similar type footballers. I know Greenwood plays a slightly different role, but neither of them are sort of renowned for their pace. It's more their 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 work at at the coal face. Um, so I think there might have been a, a bit of a hesitation in bringing both of those guys on. Um, but yeah, look, I watched um, Nick Larkey during the halftime warm up pretty closely, and he couldn't do any of the zigzag uh, warm ups. He was staying basically on a straight line, so you could clearly see that he was affected. But you know, obviously, he thought he could still uh, offer something. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, coaches have you know not, not much time to decide, make these decisions, and they probably thought, oh, it's a, it's kind of a core kip, so let's just uh, see him run it out, and it might get better. And um, yeah, yeah look, look he, he was okay in some contests, but uh, you could certainly tell that athleticism wasn't there, and you know, yeah. uh, really struggled with the body and body. Uh, Paul Curtis, a lot of people are calling for him to be dropped. Only the nine disposals with the one goal and four score involvements. Uh, the one goal one goal did come right at the end in junk time. I don't think we are using him too well. A lot of long kicks down the line to him in contested situations and a lot of long bombs. How do you think he went, uh, Jesse? Look, I think it's pretty well accepted that one of the most difficult positions to play is a small forward. And especially in a team that's not at the top end of the ladder. Um, I think we have to persist with him. We all know what his talent is. We know what his ceiling, you know, 
potentially looks like. You know, he does a lot of things off the football. Uh, you know, there was a couple of great passes that he had. Um, I love his fend off. I think we just got to keep playing him. It will, it, it, you know, he hasn't he hasn't lit up a game, um, but it will come for him. It, it will definitely come for him. He, you're exactly right. We could use him better. We could engage him more in the play. Maybe there's the ability to bring him a little bit higher up the ground. Maybe play him, you know, off a wing um, or something for just a, a period of time to get hand on ball. Um, but but that is just one of the things about being a small forward. Um, you've, you've got to find ways to get involved because it is a position that can drift out of the play really easily. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be dropping him. He's not in my uh, he's not in my changes for the, this week. Or you know, he'd have to have a few more games. I didn't think that his game was that bad, to be honest. I, I didn't think it was that bad, um, but he would have to have a fair few more poor games. Um, before I think about dropping him. Yeah, I I, I, t- I agree hundred percent. And there wasn't anyone in reserves um, that actually, you know, they could really take. The oh God, no. Yeah, no, <laughs> no they, they weren't were, great. No, they were, they were terrible. Um, no, they were very ordinary. So there's no one really knocking on the door. Uh, and we just got to find out, find ways uh, to get him more involved, like you said, Jesse. Uh, what did you think, Frank? Did you think he, he was that bad that he people are saying that he should be dropped? Oh, look, I, I don't know that he – was it a couple of games ago he got subbed out with a migraine? And he, he to me, doesn't look to be um, quite as um, dynamic as he was last um, to do with his um, – you know, you know maybe he's still recovering from whatever it was. But he just doesn't – hasn't seemed to have had that zip. But like you guys both touched on, I watched the twos on the, uh, uh, on the weekend – and well, Phoenix Spicer isn't taking his spot anytime soon. Uh, and Jack Marnie probably isn't either. The only guy that would probably generally warrant a, a, a chance would be uh, uh, Lawson, and he's not on the list. So really, your your options are to just keep, I think, playing Paul Curtis and just hope that he he works his way um, out of you know the the sort of the the rut that he's in at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could, you know, throw, you know, in the future, you know, next few weeks, uh, if it's not working out, you could throw Aaron Hall back in the team or Josh Gator and then possibly put Sheasel forward. But that's, that's you know, weeks down the track. And I think we just got to, yeah, keep persistent with him. He will have a game where he kicks three or four and has real influence. So I'm not too worried about him. Uh, any other players you felt struggled or didn't perform well, Jesse? Um, look, I didn't think that, um, I didn't think that Powell had, his best game. I, I actually think Powell's been really good this year. Um, I didn't think he played his best game. I didn't really notice him. He, I don't know how many disposals he had. It wouldn't have been maybe what 15 ish. I think he kicked, he did kick a good goal, um, but I didn't think he did, you know, a hell of a lot. Uh, your man, uh, Turner, uh, didn't think that he, 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 he did great. I uh, didn't really notice him out there to be honest. Not sure. Uh, what his stats were, but I uh, don't think he had a great game. Um, Six possessions, just to leave. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, didn't really notice him, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, that that's one there. Um, look, I'm, I'm going to say it. I wasn't as uh, annoyed with Daniel Howe being out there in the last few weeks. Uh, 
I, I did uh, I did make it pretty vocal on on the during the game when he made a couple of really poor decisions by foot. I think someone in the crowd yelled uh, uh, um, noticed him by himself at some stage and and explained to the Carlton supporters near them that the reason that he's by himself is because the, the Carlton players know they don't need to man him up, um, which which is probably fair enough. I, he, he made a few mistakes, but I'm not going to focus on him this week. So look, the interesting one for me is Charlie Cobden. Um, he, it hasn't really come together for him thus far. Now, this is the first time in his career he's actually had a run of games. So I'm not calling for him to be dropped. I'm not asking for any changes there at all. Um, but it would be playing around in Clarko's mind that there, at some stage he'll lose confidence while, while he's playing AFL. And he's doing some things really nicely. He's not marking it at the moment. He's not getting goals. So at some stage they will have to make a call on him going back to the seconds to get a bit of form and just get his confidence back up. Um, Callum Coleman-Jones, I know it was his first game back in the in the seconds on the weekend after the injury. Uh, he could have kicked a mini bag. Uh, he, he missed a couple. He looked really serviceable, and he obviously gives you a stronger output by needing to go into the ruck and um, giving uh, Goldie a bit of a chop out. Um, I still wouldn't be surprised if... He came in in the next few weeks, and, and Goldie mysteriously had a rest just so he could play his his milestone back in Melbourne. Um, that wouldn't wouldn't shock me at all. Um, so we, we yeah, something might happen around that. Um, he was the only person, and again, ne- neither him. Uh, I haven't got Turner out by the way either, but I, I'm not I'm not suggesting that we drop any of those guys. It's just. It's just a watch and, and see with Charlie at the moment. I still want to get games into him, but he does need to start doing a little bit more. And, you know, actually actually marking would be a great start. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in saying that, Frank, I don't think we're utilising him too well. I thought that, like, I think he's, he's the, um, the best way to use him is on the lead when he's coming out and, you know, you know, doing short passes to him rather than actually kicking long bombs where he has to, you know, you know where there's four or five players. And, you know, I mean, it would be nice if he did pluck one or two. But uh, you know, I don't think we're doing him many favours at the moment. Would you agree with that, Frank? Yeah, possibly, Dean. Yeah, um, I, I think that, uh, like Jesse said, I, I think there's uh, – he certainly presents uh, and attacks the ball hard. And and when he doesn't have it, he, he, he does put pressure on. But that's only going to get him so far, I think. Uh, now, I, I do know personally, having spoken to him, that he's playing with a broken thumb. Uh, whether that's affecting his marking or not, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, look, whether you swap him and Larky around at different times and and push Larky up the ground a bit more and, and give Combin um, some open space. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it'd be worth a try. But I think at, um, at the moment, I'd just like him to, to take some, some contested marks and build his confidence. Yeah, he's, he's got that athleticism, and I didn't know he had a broken thumb, so it might be affecting him uh, psychologically when he is going for marks. Um, probably because, yeah, if he hits the wrong spot, it can cause a fair bit of pain going through you. So, yeah, I'm not too sure if that's that's an issue. But um, what did you think of uh, Kane Turner? Did you think he did all right, uh, Frank, or, yeah? Well, Dean, I actually watched him, uh, probably because I knew you were going to ask me about him. Um, <laughs> but I did notice that he 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 played as a defensive forward on Saad in the first quarter. 
And Saad didn't have the impact that he had last year against us. I think he picked up 20-odd disposals, Saad. I think the last time we played him, he picked up close to 40 or might have even cracked 40. So I, I did sort of notice that he started on him as a defensive forward. Saad didn't have a huge influence in that first half. Uh, but then I sort of lost track of what, uh, where he ended up sort of in the second half um, and obviously noticed that he he didn't sort of do a hell of a lot. So I don't know if he played the four quarters uh, trying to sort of keep Saad out of the game, but I did notice in the first quarter that that seemed to be his role and he did that um, reasonably well. Yeah, well, Saad had 40 or 42 touches a week before, so I think there was a big emphasis on him because he does... Uh, you know, create a lot of drive from that uh, Carlton defence. And he did a very good job uh, on him for the first, you know, probably two, three quarters of the game, um, pretty much the whole game, really. So he does play a role for the team. Um, we would like another small forward because when that ball hits the ground, we just don't have the numbers at a contest, which really hurts us. It would be nice to uh, know what Cyril Rioli's doing these days because he'd be perfect in that forward line. We'll move forward uh, to this week against the Lions. Uh, the good news is that they are at the Gabba, which they seem to be a different team. Lowe comes back uh, with Bergman, I would have to think. Hope Mackay can come back. I didn't see anyone in the reserves that could come in. Um, they were poor, uh, which we talked about. What changes do you expect, Jesse? Yeah, look, the big one for me is if as Logue obviously is coming in, so that that's just a given uh, unless something happens to him. Um, I would love for Mackay to come back. It seems very line ball whether or not he he will or not. If it's not this week, it will definitely be next week. It, it sounds like um, he, he must be very, very, very close. So it's going to be great to get him back in. Um, I'd like to get Bergman in. I know he was a laid out with the uh, with the sickness. So I think my changes for this week would be, look, Mackay, if he's available, uh, Logue, if um, nothing happens, and, and Bergman, if he's if he's fit, I'd like to get those guys back in. Um, I'd, in terms of the outs at the moment, look, Bonner probably loses his spot. I don't, I don't think... You know, assuming Mackay and Logue come in, there is an A spot for him. Uh, so he would go out of the team. Um, I, I'd i be interested to, to see. I don't necessarily think Cunners has had a massive impact since he got back. I wouldn't be surprised if at some stage, I'm not suggesting it is this week, um, but they may give him a one-week break. Uh, maybe he doesn't play football at all, or maybe they give him one week in the in the seconds just to get some form. Because um, I, I, he he does look slightly off the touch since he's come back, which is always going to be the case after having you know such a serious year last year and and being and, and missing so much football. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if at some stage he gets a rest, um, or or as I said, a, a go in the seconds. But yeah, at the moment it's going to depend on if Mackay comes in. But Logue for Bonner is a definite for me. I think Bergman comes in probably for my man Howe. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll do that that one, and then yeah, the Mackay one's going to matter. Is 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 only if if he comes in, then you're we have to rejig the format of our defence because obviously this year we've only been playing the two keys really. Um, so I'm not sure who I'd have coming up for Mackay. It'd be an interesting one. It definitely would be. Um, yeah, no, because it does um, throw a few spanners in the works. What about you, Frank? Uh, are you on board with uh, Jesse with uh, those changes as well? Yeah, I think, uh, like Jesse, I'm not sure about Mackay coming in this week. It seems to be a bit of ducks and drakes, to use one of uh, 
Dennis's favourite terms um, <laughs> about whether you know people are saying uh, you know he he's uh, done full training and see how he pulls up. I think they'd be a bit um, cautious about uh, about playing him so quickly. Um, but yeah, well, obviously Logue will be uh, the no-brainer. Bergman probably comes back in, depending on what the illness is. I think would be the two changes, and then you're probably looking at whether Larkey gets up. Um, we certainly hope that he does. Um, otherwise, uh, if he, I suspect if Larkey doesn't come come up, then maybe Coleman Jones uh, would be the other one. It was a possibility. I mean, I think I'd want to get um, some games into him. And there's always a, that option of going smaller in the forward line. Like we talked about earlier, maybe you play Jaden Stevenson full forward um, with Cameron Zerha there if Larky doesn't come up. And you, you just throw something different at him. Um, so we'll see We'll see how we go anyway. What are you hoping for this Saturday, Jesse? Are we a chance? Uh, I think that's going to very much depend on what Brisbane shows up. Um, if the Brisbane that played against Collingwood the other night shows up, um, and I don't think I, I, look, I don't think Brisbane is playing great football. I, I, I think most people don't think they're playing great football at the moment. But obviously, they if they do, they're a very dangerous side. I mean, we saw what they did with us last year. Um, it's going to depend a lot on what shows up from their end. Um, we we look after our start to the year, um, and even the game against Carlton on the weekend. There's not going to be a lot of games that I go into and go, we are no chance of winning this game, which was most games last year. And I think that's a that's, that's great. Um, we are definitely a chance. Uh, is it a big chance? <sighs> Probably not. Um, I, I, I would like to be competitive. I, a similar result to what we had against Carlton on the weekend would be would be practical and and, and, pro- and probably a good result um some more it'd be nice to see some more highlights it'd be nice to see you know if we can get Mackay Logue back in how the, that defense can start gelling together how does that function together um it would be good to see she's will get another maybe he can break the 40 disposals this week um maybe they'll tag him who knows uh, it, it'll be it just. I'm just happy to see him out there. I think LDU with another one under his his foot. It, it's going to be a good week for our midfield because the one thing about Brisbane is they do have a very strong midfield. Their weakness is that they don't defend across the ground very well, so they're susceptible to being scored on. Um, so it gives Larky etc. a chance for us to score. Their most dangerous thing is they got they they do have a a, a decent midfield, obviously with Lockie Neal and and Co. Uh, Ashcroft. Is probably their number two at the moment. So he's been ridiculously impressive as well on the inside. Um, their forward line when it fires is is, is bloody scary. Um, so oh, look, I hope we do get Mackay in uh, Logue. Uh, it's gonna, the matchups are going to be really really interesting. Not necessarily with Hipwood and, and Danaher. It's mostly their smalls. You know, Cameron kicked a bag on the weekend. It's going to be interesting who gets the job on Cameron. Do you think Luke McDonald gets that? He probably gets first crack. I would assume. Um, I, yeah, he probably gets. Look, he probably gets first crack at Cameron. Um, but then, I mean, you've got Rayner, who they decided they re- remembered um, can play forward um, and put him up the ground, and he he he, he was pretty handy. Um, so they got a few players who can definitely score up there. Uh, look, I think it's an, it's another good challenge. As I said, I think the main thing for me this year is that I. I'm not going to a game thinking 
we are going to get smashed and that is the result. And I'm hoping that we're not going to get smashed. We're going to lose, but I'm last year it was, I'm going to watch a game and hope we don't get smashed. I was never even thinking about winning. Well, this year, it's. I think we're actually a chance. So, look, I'm excited. No one, I've never seen that ground before. I don't know if any of you boys have. Um, I think it's just a, a cow paddock in the hills somewhere. So, who, who knows? Maybe the weather will help us out. Yeah, well, hopefully. Uh, Frank, uh, you got similar thoughts there to Jesse? Yeah, pretty much, Dean. Uh, I think that we, uh, I hope to con- continue the improvement. Um, still be in the game at three-quarter time. Uh, and, you know, eventually, I think if we're in enough games at three-quarter time, we'll pinch one like we did against Frio that was unexpected. Whether it happens this week, I don't know. But um, I know that a long way to, to, to make it happen, and, and I don't think it, this is actually going to pan out, is trying to stop Charlie Cameron. The, the opposition small forwards have been an absolute nightmare for us. Uh, over the last however many years, and he's just another one that seems to terrorise us. So if we could find someone, if Lukey Mack could keep him quiet, I think that would go a long way to us um, you know, uh, upsetting them. Right. He's a very difficult matchup, isn't he? Like He can play yeah. almost at all uh, if you isolate him in the goal square. Um, even when that ball hits the ground, he's very quick on his feet and it makes yeah. it very hard for defenders. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens. All right, boys. Uh, Jesse, did you want to add anything else before I let you go? The only thing that I'll add, um, I know in our pre-season teams, uh, I, can, I, I left Jack Siebel out of pretty much all of them at, at every stage. And I thought he was done and that he'd play a couple games this year. I think we all kind of said that he wasn't going to play every game this year. I'm going to go... I was thinking about this on the weekend and I was going to make a point of, of, of talking about it. I I think that he is having the best season that, I, that he's had in two or three years. Um, I think his impact... I think he's been cleaner with the football than his last stint down back, so Noble's first year. I think he isn't... Uh, forget about having to man up on Kurnow and Mackay at times. We'll park that. But I think he's been better defensively. His kicking has been better. His decision-making's been better. Um, I don't think he's having to do as much because the other guys are. Um, I've noticed his leadership out in the field on times, getting around people, helping out. So, you know, I think he's still really playing a leader uh, position. Um, my apologies to him because uh, I thought he was good done. And at this stage, um, I don't have him coming out of my side. So uh, well done to him. Well done. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Look, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, he was on the fringes. Um, and a lot of people that did put in their version one teams or version two teams didn't have him in a team. I had him as a sub, um, I think. And yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And, yeah, now you, you can't take him out. He's using the ball really well. Um, you, know, he, you know, he's very reliable with his kick. And, yeah, like you said, his leadership is playing with a lot of energy back there and uh, showing a lot of encouragement and communicating a lot. So, yeah, full credit to him. And uh, good message there, uh, Jesse, to, to finish off. Uh, Frank, any final thoughts? Uh, no, Dean. Uh, just other than agreeing with Jesse there, with Jack, I've been very impressed, particularly with his. Um, I mean, we've never questioned his courage, uh, but he continues to put his body on the line and into into spots that um, others might not go. Uh, we know what he's kicking is. Um, you know, I I sort of I tell my boy I've 
nicknamed, nicknamed him Jack Airball uh, for quite a few years now. And he's always going to spray the odd one or just uh, slam one onto the boot when maybe he doesn't need to. But you can't question what he's doing and the way he puts his body on the line. So, yeah, just uh, reiterate Jesse's thoughts there. Good on him. He's made lies of us. So let's hope it continues. Absolutely, yeah. You can never write him off, that's for sure. We almost wrote him off a couple of years ago and uh, he had a really good year then. So, yeah, no, a full credit to him. And at this stage, I would have to think that this won't be his last year of AFL football. Well, I appreciate you boys coming on tonight. Frank, I'll chat to you next week. Thank you very much, Dean. Jesse, enjoy the trip to Adelaide to hold the banner for Daniel Howe to run through. It'll be a test <laughs> month, won't it? Uh, uh, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks to Frank and Jesse for coming on the show once again. That's it for tonight. I'm planning to do a couple more shows this week, uh, later in the week. So stay tuned for those shows. Once again, thank you to all you lovely listeners for all the likes, retweets, and comments you put on for the show. Uh, much appreciated. And the five-star reviews on whatever podcast podcast platform you use this podcast is available on all podcast platforms just type in hashtag kangaroo kangaroos subscribe and it automatically comes up on your feed each time a show comes out so once again thank you for that apology apologies i was supposed to catch up with a few people at the game i did catch up with some but got to the ground too late and had to make a phone call at half time and then leave straight after the game i will try and catch up with people throughout the year hopefully Anyways, that's it for tonight. I will be back later in the week. Tonight's shout-out goes to Lee at 11 Handballs. Bye for now, and go Roos.